Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After the Movies. We're back, and uh, we're here to discuss a movie that... I Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen here, because I, I got a text from my co-host, uh, James Lombardo, who's here with me. My name's Aaron Mook. Welcome back from the movies. Uh, <laughs> he texted me, as he sometimes does, and he said, uh, terrible pick in regards to this film. And I have a feeling he might be pulling my leg, but uh, the podcast is going to get very interesting if he's not. Um, so I would, uh, let's right off the bat, we're talking about David Wayne's A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. The film is available on Netflix. It tells the story of the, the creation of the National Lampoon. Uh, their magazines, their books, their movies, up until the death of founder Doug Kenny. Um, James, Jimmy, did you did you actually hate this movie? Aaron, I got to tell you, I absolutely hated. No, I'm just kidding. It was good. I just like to get you. I'd like to get you all rustled whenever you make a pick. Whenever you make make a judgment call, and you're like, oh, we're switching it up. I like to. I like to really just dig deep into you because you know there's is any good friend that knows what gets you triggered you might as well just get that anxiety <laughs> pumping like any good friend would do like so. any good friend um no anxiety here i i it's, it would be interesting if you didn't like the movie i'm glad you did enjoy it mm-hmm. uh i it the, a lot re- of fun yeah the reason i switched we were originally going to talk about there's someone inside your house which will be this week's episode or this coming week's episode um unless jimmy has something for us but um oh. the the uh the reason I switched was because I forgot we, there's a thread on the website that I contribute to chorus.fm called movies that don't exist and it's about it's where you post pictures of movies that came out that no one remembers uh in almost a mandela effect sense where people are like oh forgot that uh you know Wayne's World 2 existed. Bad example, because Wayne's World 2 is great. But people just kind of talking about these strange movies. And so somehow this came to my attention that I that I had watched this when it came out. And I enjoyed it. And I remember absolutely nothing about it. Uh, and I just felt like rewatching it. Because I, I remembered having fun. I just didn't remember anything that happened. And when I watched it, um, I loved it. I don't think it's, like, perfect. But I love the movie. It's just a, It's just great fun. And up beyond that, it's about two people who are friends coming together to create this comedic uh, enterprise. And I thought, we got to watch this. We got to talk about this because the parallels between uh, Lomo Media coming together and the Lampoon, not mm-hmm. to compare ourselves to the, the Beatles or anything, but it was just, it was too much to pass up. So I, I wanted no, us to watch this yeah. and, and kind of reflect on our, our current uh you know progress and status and just talk about kind of what we liked about well, you talk about the movie but also just kind of talk about Lobo a little bit too oh i think it's fun i was that's my favorite part about watching this movie is seeing them come together to form this huge like media you know comedy structure conglomerate you know enterprise and just thinking about like me and you starting lomo and from where we started to where it is now to where it's going you can kind of see some similarities between it and almost like a path to our success almost that we can follow. Uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing no, a bunch well, of peyote though. Uh, so I think that's going to be a big thing. I was so going to say the, the path that will inevitably end with one of us jumping off a cliff. Yeah. 33. So I got, I'm not even going to put that in the universe. 
We do need to figure out who is who. We need to figure out who would be Doug Kenny and who would be Henry Beard. Um, I think do you have thoughts on this. What we? I think we both have half of each of them. I yeah, I would feel that way too. I, I'd say similar. I was leaning towards. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're dead on, actually. Because, like, I think uh, for me, and then you can go for you, but I think I have kind of, like, the structure that Henry has, the, like, the business, like, as, you know, the leader kind of getting everybody together and kind of forming the structure and making sure we stay on the path. But also I have a little bit of Doug in me, too, of the kind of, like, the, the like, the crazy spontaneity kind of thing, too, that you never know what to expect when it comes to, like, either writing or kind of the ideas that I have, so. yeah. I think I have some of Doug's worst habits in terms of uh, just, like, feel getting overwhelmed or, or, like, going through these manic periods of, like, being hyper-focused on Lomo or hyper-focused on my personal life and then switching, um, mm-hmm. where sometimes it's like I have to shut one off to deal with the other and then I kind of switch valves or whatever. Um, and then in the Henry Beard sense, I think he has this kind of composure to him where it is like it's kind of like you have this um not that doug kenny's a slob but you have this guy that's very outwardly party guy kind of and then you have this other guy that's got this kind of composure to him and this uh this loftiness about him that i i feel like again maybe not the best quality to have but i feel like sometimes i carry this kind of like nonchalant attitude about things Mm -hmm. Um, i know i think that's I think it's spot on you know there were definitely yeah. we definitely share characteristics i like the big thing for me is definitely henry i've kind of felt with him like trying to like captain of the ship almost like steering right. course like that's how i feel but also too like a little bit of you know doug being like all right what if we try to make this and we'll get and you're just like well right. hey hey whoa hey how about we uh, how about we just put out something real quick um, I'm a sucker for for biopics. Biopics, biopics. I say, um, I say biopic. That's what I say too. Biopic. Do I? Uh, I don't know. I I'm a sucker for movies like this uh, to the point where sometimes I'll watch them for people I don't even really know that much about, uh, because I find the portrayal of another a, a person that did exist. And, like, having to adopt that person's qualities as opposed to creating a fictional character, I find that to be really fascinating. Um, However, this movie, as they point out, which is very funny and clever, they point out, like, throughout the movie that uh, it takes a lot of liberties in terms of what these people look like. And they they point out that Will Forte is, like, a 40-year-old man in college and... Um, it's it's really funny the way that they choose to handle things, and I actually think it's effective. Like, this is the movie. I would rather have this movie than a serious biopic about National Lampoon. You know, I think this movie... Yeah, I think you have to do the comedy and kind of poke fun at yeah. it and be like, you know, the Chevy Chase falling down every five seconds. and <laughs> So good. Oh, you know what's crazy, though? I will say they did poke fun of the characters that played them not looking anything like him, but the guy who played Belushi looked exactly like him. John Gemberling. Yep. Um, looked exactly like him. I was, that was the only one where I was like, man, they hit that one out of the park. 
I think John Daly's Bill Murray impression was pretty good. I don't know if I'd say he looks like him, but I think the, he nailed the mannerisms and the voice, I think. Yeah. Um, there are, yeah, some are better than others. Uh, what's his name? Playing uh, Chevy Chase, Joel... Uh, Joel McHale. Joel McHale playing Chevy Chase, I think is like... In terms of like actually playing him, I think it's a miss, but for this movie, I think it totally works knowing that McHale has this relationship with Chevy Chase where they're on community I just, together. I just watched uh, uh, Christmas Vacation like yesterday. Really? Yeah, so it was funny to... Was, that's all I could think about was Chevy Chase just falling down in every scene. <laughs> so good when he's there that serious moment uh, where he's visiting his parents with Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase like <laughs> knocks over all this, all this glassware that's on the mm -hmm. table. So good. Chevy Chase, notorious asshole, uh, difficult to work with, got in a fight with Bill Murray uh, behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live and left several uh, threatening voicemails on Joel McHale's phone while they were working on community together. So it's, it feels, this is like a comedy lover's dream where it's filled with little Easter eggs and little snippets of stories that you've heard about Saturday Night Live and National Lampoon and how cool it is to see, like, not knowing how wrapped together those things are, but to, to have this movie that's about National Lampoon starting and then to have it branch off into how Saturday Night Live started. You see Harold Ramis there who worked mm -hmm. on a lot of, you know, the stuff with Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Belushi and things like that. It's just really this moment in comedy and television history where the, these things are starting to pick up steam. Yeah. It's crazy to see how much I didn't realize how intertwined national lampoon and um, Saturday night live were until I watched this film. I didn't realize, I know they shared and like, I know a little bit about it, but I didn't realize how like one led to the other. And you could argue that's not the case, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, this it had a walk like before Saturday Night Live could run and then eventually get crippled and not be able to walk again. But <laughs> uh, it is inferred heavily in this movie that Saturday Night Live kind of poached a lot of the writers who were unsatisfied at National Lampoon, which honestly, that's National Lampoon's fault. It's not, you know, SNL's fault, really. But uh, there is quite a bit of inference in terms of them, like, kind of stealing ideas and such which is not the first time or well in this case it was the first time because the show was just starting but uh there have been plenty of allegations of that happening towards against Saturday Night Live I should say yeah I know um, that Lauren has been trying to poach me from Lomo for the last couple months so it's been it's been tough honestly here, man right? take it <laughs> take it say, like, well I told him it's either me or Pete Davidson and he, he was like I'll get back to you on that and I was like all, all right. right I'm riding your coattails um <laughs> He's going to do the Mantis sketch, right? That's what he yeah. said. He's going to finally yeah, give he you... He said, finally, he's giving me the green light for the Mantis sketch, dude. I can finally do it. Watch our Mantis sketch video that uh, won't be out, I don't think, when this comes out, but it's coming out yeah. soon. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, but no, this, this movie is part of... I mean, I think that the things that this movie gets wrong... Are just that it's never it's pretty surface level. It doesn't go super in depth in anything. The, the you know time passes very quickly. There's a lot of like kind of what feel like montage moments or like they kind of hit the highlights of a person's life, which a lot of biopics do. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I don't think that this you know in the spirit of the lampoon, I don't think this movie would work as well as a serious 
picture or something that is meant to go that in depth. It, it is. It pays tribute to comedy by including this insane cast of of current comedians and actors that were influenced by the Lampoon and SNL, and recasting them as these people that uh, they grew up watching. You know, and that's part of the joy of it. Honestly, I think uh, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to look at Will Forte and say like. He, there's, he's too old to be in college. You're supposed to just kind of enjoy that. I was supposed that... to, but I did. <laughs> I was like, I was like, how old is Will Forte? I'm like, he's almost 50 years old. I was like, yeah, he's pulling off a college kid better than I could right now. Good for him. Um, uh, Henry Beard, uh, played by Dom Hall Gleason from Ex Machina and Star Wars. Um, my favorite character is Tom, uh, Thomas Lennon as uh, Donahue, the super disturbed. Uh, writer who is like threatening to bomb people and uh, I met Tom Lennon as crazy as that is I met Tom Lennon really at the casino no it was when I went to college he did it was when he was first like not first but he was on doing like a comedy circuit he must not it was like right after like Reno or whatever it was like in between I think like Reno and he was doing a comedy circuit and he did a comedy show at the uh campus i was at and he i talked to him afterwards and stuff and even like seeing him now and i'm just like i met that guy as weird as that is i'm like i met that guy that's <laughs> so weird he nice yeah he was a great dude that's great. yeah that's awesome he uh we will be doing uh hopefully is unless you have any um uh what's the word i'm looking for unless you have any objections uh a, a reno 911 film was recently announced by paramount uh, the hunt for QAnon, and uh, I, I, <laughs> we will be watching it for the show. It comes out in December, so expect that on your feed. Um, but it's just it's it's great, um, and it tackles. I <laughs> I like that it tackles like the fact that they have like these these uh, these two black people come up to them on the street and like talk to the ghost of Doug Kenny and they're like why didn't you have any women why didn't you have any people of color on the staff and he's <laughs> like uh we shouldn't have we're, or we should have but we we didn't it wasn't something uh, that we thought about back then right it was yeah they addressed some things that um it's it's just the whole thing works for me like it's this movie where you know that there are some things that are not perfect, but it just puts a smile on your face. Like, man, I just loved watching this, seeing Caddyshack come to life, seeing Animal House come to life in these moments. Um, the food fights, the having the film end with Doug Kenny's funeral, uh, and having this food fight at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, they do tackle serious subject matter in the movie because Doug Kenny died, uh, and, and he, he fell or jumped off of a cliff, and presumably jumped but i think that that one of the great moments in history and in this movie is when chevy chase makes a joke about he was he he fell when he was looking for a higher cliff to jump off of you know that's it's so uniquely uh national lampoon Mm -hmm. looking very dark and cynical about about their comedy that continues to I mean, it's it's seeped its way into everything that we grew up on, and it's seeped its way into what we do. You know, mm-hmm. we we definitely try to make comedy out of dark situations, and uh, I mean that magazine cover, that iconic magazine cover that made its way to the poster, where they <laughs> they're holding up a, gun, a dog at gunpoint. It says, "Buy this magazine, or we'll kill this dog." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable. 
You know, it, it, in a sense, it is kind of like watching. It is kind of like the Beatles, where there's there is this sense of like the Beatles are impressive because no one did it before them, but there now there's been plenty of people who have done it after them. So it's it's a little bit of like a familiarity. Um, you know, it's not as groundbreaking as it was at the time, but you are just watching in real time kind of this sense of humor unfold and, and take the country by storm, you know? I think so. I really enjoyed them when, uh, like, seeing uh, the making of Animal House or, quote, the making of Animal House and then on Caddyshack, just, just watching all of that, just, it is like, we're putting the gopher in it. And he's like, I'm not putting the gopher in my movie. <laughs> and just seeing that is so funny to me. I Caddyshack, I think Caddyshack took a toll on him because I, I, and here's, here's what's funny. Caddyshack, uh, uh, hey, we just talked about Clockwork Orange, as, as all film, as many films do. Caddyshack reevaluated in time. It does now become, you know, this landmark comedy. Uh, but when it was released, it was not so hot, not doing so hot. Uh, it released up, right alongside Airplane, I guess, right? That was the, yep. was the big thing. And they and they were and Airplane is a fantastic movie, um, but I grew up with Caddyshack because my dad loves the movie and we love the Gopher. I was a kid. I I get it when I watch Caddyshack. I get it because like I watched it as a kid, and I was like, oh, the Gopher's funny. Like it's a Gopher. It dances. Like what's not to love about that? And then you grow up and you get older, and I still think the Gopher rules personally. But the idea of you know you can absolutely see these executives coming in and saying. The movie needs, you know, a mascot, something the people, the kids are going to like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he was, like, uh, not doing so hot when the movie came out. He went to a screening, and he thought they butchered the movie that he wrote. And he went to a screening drunk and, and got kicked out of it, which they they show in the movie. Um, or, you know, a, a dramatic reenactment in the movie. Um, but I, I think that there is... You know, I don't want our future to hold what Doug Kenny's future held, but I do think there's actually things that we can take from the story of National Lampoon in terms of, like, their desire to branch out and try crazy things. You know, like, um, this the radio show. And they already had so much on their plate, but they were like, fuck it, we're going to try this radio show. Granted, now, at that time, they had a, a regular cast of writers and people working with them. So it wasn't just the two of them still working on it together. Well, um, they, well, they embody our core statement of our company is the fact right. that they owned it and they could do whatever they wanted to and whether some stuff worked or not. But at the end of the day, there wasn't a big like production studio over top of them being like, you have to do this. You have to do that. They just, they just went for it. And it was two people that went for it that, you know, maybe wouldn't have been given an option in the traditional Hollywood sense, but so they went out and made it uh, themselves. And that's exactly what me and you and the rest of Lomo are doing is, you know, me and you individually most likely wouldn't have got a chance if we like flew out to LA and tried to make it ourselves. So we said, screw it, we'll make our own company and we'll do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, the fact that, I mean, I, I don't know where they were located at the beginning of the film. Um, New York. New York. I do or think no. that there is... Isn't it like Connecticut? or I don't know. I'm not sure either now. Well, they went to Harvard, right? Uh, or was it Yale? Harvard. Harvard. Um, I do think that there's just this idea, too, that, like... Okay, so, like, they took advantage of 
what was popular at the time. Like print magazine made sense for them. And they were churning out these newspaper articles and these books while they were in college. Um, you know, so it, for them, it just makes sense that they would do some kind of print thing and then they would expand from there. For us, like, you know, YouTube is kind of like what the medium is, you know, for, for that kind of thing. It makes sense that we would take advantage of that and then naturally expand the same way that they did, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that there are some things that any kind of comedy fan could pull from this movie. Um, and obviously it's like, it's a movie first and foremost. It's, it's there for enjoyment um, and it's quite good, I think. Um, but I also think that this is something that is just like really special for comedy lovers. I enjoyed it, man. It's really going to stick with me. I mean, it probably it probably won't stick with me, but I'll remember like how it made me feel. And right. when I mean, our big thing when we rank movies, we talk about how it made us feel at that time. And I don't remember. I honestly laughed out loud. I don't remember the last time I laughed out loud at a movie, but I remember I was watching that. And I laughed so loud. I can't even remember the scene now, but I remember how like how I felt. I just laughed. And how oh, and I don't even remember the last time I did that to a film. How often can you say that, that like a, there's a movie about a guy that fell off a cliff that's a feel-good movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this movie, even even in the way it handles its serious moments, even with his death, again, spoilers, you probably already saw the movie, but if you didn't, it's not really a movie you gotta worry about spoiling anyways, but, um, and whether this even happened or not, I'm not sure, but ending the movie with a food fight at his funeral is just so in the spirit of, Doug Kenny and, and the Lampoon and the film that it's just got this kind of this spirit to it that it's irresistible. I feel like, you know, um, I can't imagine what, like I, if you, if you're not a comedy fan then maybe you won't get as much out of this movie, but it's hard for me to picture watching this film and not having some just kind of smile on your face, you know, mm-hmm. the characters are unique and distinct and they're based on real people which makes it even better but like you got this writer's room full of crazy people coming from all different angles in terms of like their sense of humor and um cameos all over the place um it's just it's just a blast yeah really. ultimately um, just a really good time from beginning to end yeah i did want to take a moment during this to nope. um give a <laughs> To, to to fill time, um, but also to it's it's relevant. Uh, Harold Ramis is in the not not the actual Harold Ramis, but somebody playing Harold Ramis is in the film. And um, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, so you did? I did, and I thought it would be uh, in the spirit of after the movies to talk about it a little bit. Um, but before I do, I need to ask you, do you have any issues with me spoiling Ghostbusters Afterlife for you? No. Okay. So let's talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, because quick history. They were trying to make Ghostbusters 3 for a long time. Uh, Harold Ramis was, and he could not get uh, Bill Murray to join the cast of the film, to agree to do it. Um, and so Ghostbusters sat, and they did the 2016 reboot uh, with Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy and um, uh, Kate McKinnon, and uh, it was the talk of the town in 2016. Uh, and Lady Ghostbusters, I can't believe that they did it. Um, and the movie was 
not great. I enjoyed it when I saw it at the time. I think over time I've kind of maybe soured on it a little bit. Um, not a good movie for yeah. nothing to do with the casting. I mean, everything to do with the casting, but not trying right, to not to dig do, myself into a hole here. Uh, not but, to do with, it had nothing to do with gender politics. Just wasn't a good exactly. Movie. It just wasn't a good movie. Um, and Ghostbusters Afterlife also not a good movie. Um, this oh, thing, no. this thing reeks absolutely reeks of like star wars level fan service um it is like i'm trying to think of the best way to explain it they finally so jason reitman directed it the son of ivan reitman who was the director of the original film and he wanted to capture the spirit of the original and pass it on to a new legacy or whatever um so the ghostbusters in this movie are kids they're children um, I'm just going to give you like a highlight, like a, like a kind of a running. So let's, the, there's a character named podcast and his thing is that he's really into podcasts. Um, and there is, uh, the Ghostbusters show up. Um, they show up at the end in the Ghostbuster suits <laughs> and they look like old men in Ghostbuster suits. And they uh, get thrown up against a car. And then probably the most egregious thing, though, that happens in this movie. They they do. It is a Force Awakens situation where they, and I like the Force Awakens, but the plot of the movie is essentially the same as the first movie. It's the same villain. It's Gozer, again. Uh, and it's just the same act where Paul Rudd is the, gate, is the key master. And the main girl's mom is the gatekeeper. And they turn into the dogs. And it's just the first movie again, but with kids this time. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, you find out that the girl's grandfather was Harold Ramis's character. And he shows up as a CGI ghost. Um, and he doesn't get like, like a 30 seconds of screen time. It's not like, you know, magical moment. He's on screen for like, for like five to ten minutes of <laughs> old CGI ghost Harold Ramis. I'm gonna have to watch uh, this film now. It is. Yeah, I've soured on it as time has gone because I watched it. I was cynical. I went into this. I'm so cynical about all these IP, you know, these big IP things. I'm like, why do we need to make Ghostbusters franchise? Why can't we just like have the ones we like? And like, why do we have to keep doing it? Uh, so I went in, and there were some parts that are the, the, the main girl, Mackenzie, uh, Mackenzie Grace, I think is her name. Double check real quick. Maybe we'll do an episode when it hits uh, on demand or something. Mackenzie Grace, she's very good. Um, the casting is, is quite good, uh, but it's, it is just this thing where... You you know the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's pointing at the screen. Um, it is that for two hours. It's just like, remember this thing from the remember Slimer? Remember Slimer? Well, we don't have Slimer, but we have a ghost that's just like Slimer, except his name is Muncher. And instead of sliming things, he munches things. Yeah, you guys remember the the proton packs? Look, they found the proton packs. Look, they're going to use them now. Like, it's just that, you know? And it's 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 very uh, uninspired. 
And it's the cast doesn't want to be there. Here's the thing: Dan Aykroyd does. Dan Aykroyd is the only cast member that wants to be there. Harold Ramis is dead. <laughs> That's first of all. Second of all, Bill Murray. They like had to sue Bill Murray into a corner to get him to show up for like three minutes of screen time, <laughs> and he's clearly not enthused about being there. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Ernie Hudson. Uh, I don't remember his name. He's he is there. He's happy to be there, but it's just because he's getting paid. Uh, which is fine, but he's been riding the Ghostbusters thing at Comic-Cons, like, for as long as time. So it just feels very um, bizarre. It's like the kids, they lead up to this thing, and the kids having to take care of this Ghostbusting thing themselves. The whole movie, they're learning how the, the ways of Ghostbusting. And then they can't do it just to have these old men show up and help them do it at the end. And you're like, okay, they literally just show up. <laughs> they're just like they're they're like they're it's it's one of those things where the, the screen is like on the cast and then you hear like hey like but it's probably some kind of reference to the show like it's probably something like it's raining cats and dogs or cats and dogs living together and then it's like pan <gasps> that's bill murray and dan Aykroyd and ernie hudson and they're in the ghostbusters uniform i remember those uniforms it's it's just very uh I regret to inform you, it's not very good. It's probably better than the 2016 movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it's... It seems, like you had a, it seems like you had a bad weekend of watching films, right? A good one. I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and then a movie that I think a lot of people have forgotten about, or maybe you've never seen it, but I'm going to say it right now, is a very good movie, The Game with Michael Douglas. I have not seen that. And I thought you were going to say The Game. Is there a movie with The Rock called The Game? I don't know. I don't want to talk about The Rock on this podcast there. <laughs> Jimmy, just if, in case you uh, aren't a Patreon member, Jimmy just pointed to the neon sign behind him that said, no, <laughs> no Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We don't um, let him in this bar. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, I forgot that we're in a bar. We dropped that plot line <laughs> for a minute. Um, well, anyways, uh, so I don't know why, if I, I guess I did kind of go on a little bit of a rant there, but I wanted the people to know that, um, I was cynical about Ghostbusters and I turned up to the movie and I saw it and it turns out I was right. Um, mm -hmm. don't you hate to hear it? You've been frozen. You've been frozen for like 75% of this podcast of like this episode on my end. So good thing we don't do video anymore, but we, so you guys oh, can wow. see this on the Patreon, but you're like, you're getting a little bit better now, but I snipped the photo that you were stuck on for the longest time. And it is so funny to me. Use that face as the, uh, the Photoshopped art of the, by listen to this podcast or will. I won't, but it's too blurry, so we cannot use it. <laughs> um, all that being said, go see it for, I don't know, go see it for yourself. Why not? Go see it for yourself. Let us know what you think. Um, this has been After the Movies. We have to make a decision about whether we are going to uh, let the, I almost said the Ghostbusters, um, <laughs> whether we're going to let the, the cast and crew of the National Lampoon uh, film into our bar to hang out. The characters, I guess, so it would be the just the people who worked at the magazine. Um, I'm going to say yes. And I'm currently pulling down a sign that I got made, the bar 
for one night only is now called the Lomo Lampoon. So wow, welcome. That's a wow new name for the bar, huh? I like it. <laughs> the I like Lomo it. Lampoon. Yeah, that works. Uh, we'll probably Lampoon. get sued. We got to got to tread very lightly on that one. But <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I would like to thank our patrons, Dylan Painter, Tyler Buckley, and third patron. Jay Irvin, though, on these videos the longest. <laughs> Dumbass. Thank you. Our thank longest you. patron. <laughs> You're like, ah. yeah, you tried. I got two out of three. Um, extra love to Jay. Sorry, I forgot your name there. But bud. if you guys would like to make that two out of five, go to patreon.com slash Lomo Media uh, and join them. So, yes, please do. Um, less than a cup of coffee a month. Gets you all kinds of fun behind the scenes bonus stuff. Talk about the movies while we watch them. We haven't been doing that so much lately because because of the holidays, things have been busy. But if we got enough people that were interested, we will do that. Um, mm-hmm. As well as video episodes of the podcast. Sometimes you get some stuff early. Um, we promise we'll make it worth your while. And if not, hey, there's some free stuff you can do to support us. You can uh, tell a friend about the show if you like it. That always helps. You can share it on social media or uh, most valuable to us in order to help people find the show. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really helps us out. So if you can do any of those things, we really appreciate it. But hey, at the end of the day, thank you for listening. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy couple weeks with the holidays and with the show. And this is usually longer out from the movies than we record, so I think we were kind of skating by a little bit. But next week, we're going to be talking about Prince of Darkness, and we are going to be talking about There's Someone Inside Your House. Uh, Prince of Darkness, I don't believe, is on streaming. Let me check, though. There's Someone Inside and Your House. spoiler, the person Netflix. that's in your house is me trying to get you to subscribe to our Patreon. There you go. It's uh, me. Knock, knock. It's Jimmy. Um, it's on Peacock, so you can get a free trial, or I'll tell you what, it's on free Peacock as well. So you don't even have to pay for Peacock, you can watch the movie on Peacock. Um, I'm gonna keep saying Peacock. I was like, how many times uh, are you gonna say Peacock? <laughs> um, so, Prince of Darkness, and then there's someone inside your house, that one is on Netflix. We will see you then, time to exit the water, kindly. Kindly exit to the left of the Loma Lampoon. So, bye-bye. Bye, freaks.